Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. Unfortunately, the Kings lose tonight 128-110 to the Denver Nuggets. Sabonis has 33 points, and it doesn't quite work out for Sacramento. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to smash that like button down below. And if you would like to join the Royal family with Calvin and I, please hit that subscribe button. Yeah, it seems the brief, very brief moment of excitement coming out of the, the uh, All-Star break is now over. Shout out to my man Mike Monticello, who was at the game tonight, sporting his Royal Rebounds gear. He was on the big screen in Golden 1 Center. Appreciate the love, man. Just wish the Kings could have gotten a win for you on top of that. Yeah, thank you, Mike. We appreciate you. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to join us on the show, we are live after every game on YouTube. We'll be right back with your Kings nightcap. All right, welcome back, everybody. I see a lot of pain here in the chat, which is quite unfortunate. We feel your pain. The Kings are officially two and three in the Fox and Sabonis era. It's not looking too good for Sacramento, huh, Cal? It is not looking too good. Sorry, you guys, if the stream is uh, cutting out on you a little bit. 
Barry and I are working solo tonight. Vinny, our producer, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Vinny. But he has the night off. Um, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, though, and see if we can get it fixed for you guys. But, yeah, Barry, you're right. Sabonis was he, he was an all-star tonight. I mean, he was a- everything that the Kings need him to be. It was great to see him uh, going head-to-head against Jokic. I mean, just the fact that the Kings have somebody that can actually go toe-to-toe with this guy now is pretty – incredible in its own right yeah but it's still the same old problems for the kings turnovers miscommunications on defense guarding the three-point line will barton was an absolute beast tonight for denver and, and i mean the kings battled back but again they gave up a bunch of these 10-0 runs 11-0 runs um, and it just makes it really really hard when you put yourself in that hole over and over and over again yeah, we got to see baby Joker versus the real Joker tonight. Unfortunately, the real Joker comes out on top, and uh, that is Jokic, a huge game for him. But bottom line is the Kings lose again, another one, but we did get to see the likes of Damian Jones. We saw Jeremy Lamb. Uh, we got to see some of these other Kings guys on the court. And it uh, seems like Alvin Gentry is diving a little bit deeper here into the bench trying to find something and unfortunately, they weren't able to pull it out tonight. Yeah, the, the rotations were were obviously different. Um, you know, I think you have a, a couple of of practices, and and uh, this group really hasn't practiced very much together. So it makes sense that they kind of came out with a new look. The lineup they threw out there right at the end of the first start of the second quarter with Davion, Dante Divincenzo, Justin Holiday, Trey Lyles, and Sabonis was a really interesting one for me. It's a really solid defensive lineup. If those guys are hitting outside shots, that could be a a really lethal lineup, I think, for the Kings moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Real quick, I got to give a shout-out to producer Vinny. I know Calvin already mentioned it, but it is his birthday today, so happy birthday, Vinny. Make sure you guys all wish him happy birthday in the chat. Calvin, I I think I'm ready to look at the box score here. You want to go over the box score? Good call, Mike. Oh, yeah, you're flipping Peja around, huh? Yeah, we'll check out the box score. As you already mentioned, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, huge, huge night. By far his best as a member of the Kings. 33 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. The guy was leading the break tonight, left and right. Uh, that's something you know that we've seen him do with Indiana, but really haven't seen him do much in Sacramento. He just looked much more aggressive i think he's you know finally feeling a little bit more comfortable now on this team and he he really uh grabbed the ox by the horns Mm. you know no pun intended only one free throw for him tonight yeah yeah the the game was officiated a little strangely i thought they were letting a lot of stuff go um and yeah you would like him to get to the free throw line more you would like all these guys 18 free throw attempts is well below what the kings average for the season um, they've been I, one of the better teams at getting to the free throw line I all year. I think I saw a stat for him saying that he was averaging like five free throw attempts a game in Indiana mm-hmm. over his career, and he hasn't shot more than three in a game in Sacramento. In Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, he, he doesn't really – he uses his body to – to you know hit, to create position and get inside and stuff like that, but he doesn't play above the rim um, – Good with pump fakes, but he's a very controlled player. So mm-hmm. it's like 
it, he really slows the game down a lot. Um, and, and so I can see that that being maybe a reason why he wouldn't get to the line that much. Uh, as far as the rest of the Kings go, De'Aaron Fox was, was the other high scorer on this team with 20. I've seen a lot of people not happy with his performance, but still 50% shooting, four assists, uh, only one rebound in 36 minutes. Harrison Barnes, 14 points, and then Jeremy Lamb, the only other Kings player in double figures with 11. Yeah. Anybody else that stood out to you? I, I know we've been talking about DiVincenzo. I saw him shoot a lot of threes tonight. I know he yeah. made two out of six, which is not bad. Um, no, it's not. Um, I wouldn't really say anybody stood out to me necessarily. Um, once again, Davion Mitchell's defense always stands mm -hmm. out to me. But I think what stood out to me more than anything just from the, the starters and the bench from this whole lineup here is that the Kings bench now, even though I think we feel like overall it's more talented – than it was before the trade deadline. They're they're just so unsure of how to play with each other right now. There's no guy out, you know, before even though Buddy Heald had his ups and downs in Sacramento, when those guys when him and Davion Mitchell came off the bench, you knew where to expect the shots to come from, you knew where to expect the points to come from. And Terrence Davis, I guess, would be the same thing when Buddy Heald isn't playing or or while Terrence Davis was uh healthy. Right now they just don't really know. I mean, first of all, Trey Lyles played more minutes tonight than he's played so far in Sacramento, so that's a different look for this bench. Um, Jeremy Lamb was in this game after missing a few games with an ankle injury. So mm -hmm. they're still not comfortable with each other yet, and the fact that they don't really have a true point guard out there I think is making it difficult to kind of figure out where the shots are going to come from, when it's the right time, and just kind of getting a flow offensively. For the starters, it's the complete opposite now. I mean, we know it, it's two-man game with De'Aaron Fox and, and Sabonis. Cuts off of that. If you get an open layup, great. Otherwise, there might be somebody out, outside for a three. It seems very clear and defined when the starters are out there. It's a complete other story when the bench is in. Yeah, Charlie says here he wants Lamb to start. The Kings need two starting guards that can both operate in the pick and roll. What are your thoughts on moving Harkless to the bench and starting Lamb instead. I think those are good points. The only thing I don't necessarily like about that is Jeremy Lamb's not anywhere near the defender that Mo Harkless is. And at the end of the day, that's still the biggest problem with this team is that they can't stop anyone. They gave up 128 tonight. They gave up 121 to Denver the last time they played them. So, I, I agree with what you're saying about being able to play in the pick and roll, although I I feel like with the floor spacing and how good De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis should be by themselves in the mm -hmm. pick and roll, it'll, it should still work out okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's always defense for me. That's just the biggest problem with this team. It has been for years. And, uh, you know, another 50%, 40% field goal and three-point field goal shooting night, respectively, for a Kings opponent. You just don't win many games in the NBA when you're constantly giving up that many points and letting teams get wide-open shots yeah. all, all night long. And speaking of Mo Harkless, Mo only played 13 minutes tonight in this game. Five points in 13 minutes, which I am totally okay with. You know, that, that puts him in a double-digit scoring if he's playing starter minutes. You know, there, there's a difference between – actually starting the game and playing 
a good amount of minutes in the game. So if he had doubled that, if he had played, you know, 25 to 30 minutes tonight, he would have had 10 to 12 points if you were to consider the same production. And I'm totally cool with that by Mo Harkless. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it, again, it for me, it's the turnovers. Um, just way too many for this, for this team. 15 is actually pretty good for how they started. I think they had seven in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's another thing that we talk a lot about with this team is slow starts and things of that nature, uh, you know, playing behind early. Um, so, again, uh, you know, the 13-14 turnover mark is like my barometer for this team. If they get over that, mm -hmm. it's usually bad. They, they usually lose those games. If they can stay, you know, right around that 11-12-13 mark, they've got a good chance. Uh, the rebounding was better tonight. You know, that's one thing. It's so noticeably different with having Sabonis in there. The the Denver Nuggets are not the best offensive rebounding team in the league, but the, when you've got a guy like Jokic, mm -hmm. it's always a threat. And um, the Kings were really good on the defensive glass today. And speaking of turnovers, the Kings actually won the turnover battle in this Overall, game. Overall, yes. Yeah. But it's how you. It's what comes after that, right? Exactly. It's transition exactly. points, fast break points. That's how Denver built their lead multiple times in this game. That, along with this, the terrible miscommunications on defense. I mean, the, the first possession of the game, mm -hmm. you got two guys out on Will Barton and both leave him wide open for a three. Or Jeff Green, maybe it was. Um, either way, that's how you come out and start the game. And you know, I'm thinking, oh crap, here we go again. And, and it's just. They, I saw a lot of that tonight. Two guys on the ball after a rotation. Both of them end up turning and leaving. Part of that is because, you know, these guys haven't played a lot together, but it's also just bad miscommunication on defense. And you see it from both the starting lineup and from the bench. Yeah, it's crazy to think the Kings were down 22 at one point in this game because, uh, you know, on – Although they didn't control the pace of this game, and I, I feel like they didn't control anything about this game, the Kings were in it, right, until that fourth quarter where they just started to fall apart there. You know, there was multiple runs in this game. In the in the first quarter, sorry, the second quarter, the Kings went on a 10-0 run to tie the game. Uh, you know, they, they let up another run to the Nuggets. Then the Kings go on a 9-2 run. They, they constantly tried to get back in this game. And as you mentioned, slow starts lead to that, right, where the team is – constantly fighting to get over this hump and it's it's exhausting it is it is really exhausting and it's yeah it, it's a deflating right like it just really takes the wind out of your sails especially when they're unforced turnovers like the a lot of the turnovers that we see from this team and and yeah yeah i mean the coaching like you can say all that you want about the coaching you can say it's bad that's unfortunately we're not seeing anything change with that at this point yeah firing alvin gentry right now does absolutely nothing for this team doesn't make them better at all you're not going to hire a long-term replacement at this point in the season when everybody's making a playoff push so unfortunately this this is what you're going to get you know from from a coaching standpoint for the rest of the year and right now it's about these players taking a little bit more responsibility on themselves on the defensive end yeah yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games giving up over 120 points. I think we you're talked not. about this last season, right, of like all these streaks and early, even early on in this season, all these streaks of allowing 20-plus point games. You know, 110 was enough to win this game if they played some defense. I, I really believe that. So we got to see a little bit of Trey Lyles tonight, only six minutes for him. I think he played, what, like one or two 
really quick minutes in the last game. Yeah. We got to see a little bit of him tonight. Like I said, we got to see Jeremy Lamb. We got a little tiny look at Josh Jackson. And some big minutes by Damian Jones. 11 minutes for him. Uh, you know, two or three from the field. I love that block that I saw from him where he yeah, just didn't nice. bite for the fake. He stepped right up. And I would have preferred him not to whack it out of bounds. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of a thing we saw from JaVel McGee early on in his career, right, where he's just like swatting it out. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't need to do that, but it was a great play. It was a good play. And it was nice to see him out there again. You know, we hadn't seen Damian Jones in a few, few games. So it just – Nice to see him back out there because I, I like Damian Jones as a player. No Rashawn Holmes tonight. He was listed out with uh, back soreness, right? Lower back soreness, Yep, I believe. Um, we'll see what really comes of that, whether it is actually a back issue or maybe the guy is just uh, dealing with, you know, mental health issues. Or, maybe it's or a heart like issue. That. Could be a, a yes, sad heart <laughs> issue for sure. Thank you, Asha. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Asha. If you guys don't know, since we broke through 1,000, we now accept Super Chats. So if you would ever like to buy Calvin or myself or Vinny a beer, feel free to send us a Super Chat. All right, Calvin, we got a good question here by Charlie. Why don't the Kings utilize the swing pass to move the defense and force them to rotate? <laughs> Just a shit, Coach. Um, you know, maybe that's it, but... The Kings don't have the Kings have good shooters out there, but they have mm -hmm. they don't have a guy that's that consistent or has been for the over the course of the entire season to where that's like your your main focus here. Plus, when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who really his game is put his head down and get to the basket every time mm -hmm. from the top of the key. You know, it's hard to make a swing pass when you're penetrating right into the middle of the paint. You have you have to kick it out to the outside, and then it's got to swing all the way back around um you know skip passes and and swing passes are definitely a, a very common thing in nba offenses right now but again those teams that do that all the time have the guy that usually ends up in the corner and is going to hit 40 percent of those shots outside of harrison barnes on this team currently i don't know of anybody that's going to do that um, and Harrison Barnes, the way that they use him, he, he's often moving all over the court. So he's not the guy that just stands in the yeah. corner for, for threes yeah. to accept those passes. So, I, you know, I don't really know what the, the answer to that question would be, but it's just not a part of the, the Kings game plan right now. And frankly, I, I'm not so sure that that is an issue. I mean, I, I love how it's, it's only with the starters. You know, when the bench comes in, it's a whole different story. But I love how this team is playing off of Sabonis, cutting uh, really, really well. He's finding them. The turnovers, yes, those need to come down. You know, they, they still need that those reps to be mm -hmm. more uh, ready for the passes and all that stuff, be in the right place. Timing is very, very important. Um, but the, the way that they utilize Fox and Sabonis right now, I, I think is really, really good, especially because they don't have that dead-eye lethal shooter out there. Yeah. Shout out, Fred. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, we will be you. using that to buy Vinny some beers for his birthday. But yeah, I, I see what I see what Charlie's saying here. And, you know, for me, it just it seems like there are times in this game where the Kings just end up not moving. There, there's 
there's been some great plays this season with guys cutting and stuff like that. And then there just also seems to be times where Sabonis has the ball and nobody's making a play, so he can't make the play. Uh, I think there was a point in this game, it was either in the, the fourth or the third quarter, where the Kings double-team Jokic up by the three-point line, and he's pivoting all around trying to find somebody, and then there's a backdoor cut right to the basket for an easy layup. And that's the thing the Kings are not doing, right, is when somebody on the Kings gets double-teamed, everyone kind of freezes, or they try and stand out at the three-point line. There's nobody cutting in. And it's funny, as I watch that happen, I'm like, the Kings need a real rim protector. I wonder if they could get a guy like Miles Turner. I wonder if he fits with Sabonis. <laughs> yeah, well, we did see him play pretty well alongside him. I don't know <laughs> if that's a realistic possibility, but who knows? But yeah, yeah you're right. A, a real rim protector would be great. Um, but still, I mean, just from an offensive standpoint, I, I thought the Kings played fairly well today i mean they, they didn't have the greatest shooting night but they've had much worse shooting games than this one they really took themselves out of this game by turning it over not playing great transition defense at all um and then not uh rotating well enough yeah, defensively to guard the three all and and that's look there's a reason why Jokic is is an mvp the guy is incredibly hard to play against incredibly hard to stop Double double teaming him might be the obvious answer, but it's not as it's just not as simple as that. It's how you double team him as well. When he's got, there are multiple times I saw in this game, he's got the ball with the shot clock winding down. I mean, it's under ten seconds. He's out of the three point line, just standing there. Finally, goes to make his move, and as he's dribbling in to the to the key, or not hasn't even reached the paint yet. You send a double team directly at him. Like, he can see it coming. Yeah. He's way too good of a passer for that. That's never going to work. And then you give up an open three at the end of the shot clock after you basically played, you know, fairly good defense for the first 20 seconds. So it, they just – he's an incredibly hard guy to stop, but you have to, do, you have to be better than that. You, you have to try to disguise the double teams. You have to use them from areas of the court where, he, court where he's not looking directly at you. Uh, you. You know, those are, are little nuances, but it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes here, and I see Will Barton, Will Barton, Will Barton, Will Barton. Yeah, he was Will a killer. Barton. He, he was the recipient of many of those Jokic passes late in the shot clock from a bad double team. Yeah. Gets a wide open three. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's tough watching Davion out there by himself because even when guys are open, he's still running out there. And I feel like some other guys are like, oh, that was a bad rotation. I missed him. And they still don't run out. E even if you're not going to be close to contest it or block the shot or anything like that, at least get in the the routine of running at the guy. It, it's I know they're professional players and they're used to that stuff, but – any bit you can do helps yeah. and you just got to get there. You got to get there. And it's so frustrating watching uh, Davion Mitchell run from guy to guy to guy to guy. And everyone else just seems like they're waiting in the paint for a rebound. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is very, very frustrating. It's also very frustrating to watch a guy like Davion Mitchell be able to, to hound and put ball pressure so well uh, while the other team it, or while the rest of the team that for that matter just isn't providing the same type of effort yeah. defensively. I mean, it makes 
such a difference in, in an NBA game if you can force a team to start their offense, you know, eight to ten seconds into the shot clock. It makes yeah. such a huge, huge difference. Yeah. We had a podcast today with Matt George. He was a guest on our show earlier today. I encourage you all to check it out if you haven't listened to it. Matt George is awesome. He does the Locked on Kings podcast, so make sure you guys tune into that as well. But we were talking to him about, you know, this game tonight and what some predictions and, and expectations and stuff like that. And I think we all agreed that we didn't expect the Kings to win this game, right? No, I didn't expect them so, to lose by 20, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they didn't lose by 20. It was 18, but... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take the moral victories where I can. But um, we didn't expect the Kings to, to actually win this game. We just wanted to see some competitive basketball. We wanted to see them look like they were coming out of the All-Star break, like they had some practice time together, and they were all on the same page. Unfortunately, they didn't look like that on the defensive end of the floor, and we could see that with the rotations. I think you could take that as a negative or a positive. If I'm looking on the positive side of that, I'm going to say, hey, this is a new team. We have six new guys integrating them in the rotations on defense are not going to look like this next year no matter who the coach is even if you kept all the same players it's going to get better it really you will would, you would hope so we talked about basketball iq we talked about effort we talked about energy yeah. all these things we liked about these new players bringing to this team you, and you can see it right now in flashes i mean yeah. the, the half court defense don't get me wrong it wasn't great by any means but i, I felt like where Denver really got their uh, their stride or built a lead in this game was not necessarily in the half-court offense. It was off turnovers, getting out and, tr and running in transition. Tons of, uh, you know, full-court passes today we saw by, by the Nuggets. Yep. And those are off of both made baskets and missed baskets. So it's even when the Kings didn't turn it over, the, the Nuggets were looking to push the ball and, and get out and run. You know what pissed me off the most in this entire game? Third quarter, I think it was DiVincenzo or somebody hits a three, and they give the points to Denver. Did you oh, notice that? Yeah, I mean, they took, they it, took it, it away like, right after that. It was like 82-87. Like like yeah, that happened. He hits the three, and then they give the points to Denver, and then they're going to break right, to commercial. Take it easy and, uh, on the, the scoreboard technician. Mark right? Jones says, the Kings hit a three, and they cut it to eight. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Are you serious? We score the points, and you're not even giving us the points. I was so frustrated with that call. And I know they fixed it right away, but that just goes to show my whole, like, mental state watching this game. Yeah. That is what I was most upset about. Well, that's good, giving it was an, a near 20-point loss. If that's the thing you're most upset about, then that's I'll take that as a win. How about Davion Mitchell tonight? Not one, but two charges taken. I think it was more than that. Maybe I, it was, I was right. I think I was, it was two. Though. I was writing in my notes here, and I was like, wow, the Kings are taking charges tonight. I've seen Davion take multiple charges. I think I saw, was it Sabonis? Or, or one or two other guys take a charge as well. And I'm like, wow, the Kings are actually – getting calls <laughs> yeah. because it, it's not like they're doing things differently <laughs> it's just like finally either they're there a quarter of a second earlier or the referees are just like oh, it's sacramento we'll, we'll give them the we'll yeah. give them the charge call yeah. but great work from davion mitchell like i just i want to continue was. to praise this guy i know he didn't play the greatest offensively um but i just love the energy that he brings to this team you know, you'd like to see a little bit more than seven points in 30 minutes. Shot 30% from the field, 0 for 4 from three-point range. 
but he's a young guy. It's his first year in the NBA. He's growing. He's getting better and better and better. And I'm I'm happy to see that. Absolutely, I, I agree. Captain Obvious, great name by the way, has a question here about zone defense. Should the Kings mix in a little zone defense? Would that be any worse? We have seen them mix in zone defense. Not very maybe much. not tonight, but not we saw much. it in the last game. Um, I mean, when you and I play at the park, oh, and we're playing pickup <laughs> basketball. I don't know where you're going with this comparison, but here we go. All right. <laughs> what do they play? They play a 2-3 zone here in Hawaii. And why do they do that? Because none of them are very big, and they don't like to run around and try very hard. And they can't guard anybody, <laughs> right? Yeah. Does that help them? Sometimes, yes. So why will it not help the Sacramento Kings? So here's my thing. They, <laughs> they, I'm I'm gonna go away from this comparison because I, it we hate really it. We it. hate oh, yeah, zone we can, defense. We, we want to play man. It. When you're playing at the park, like you know, play yeah. man to man. Come on. Yeah. But I I actually think the Kings could play more zone defense, not for the reason of their defense will be better when they play in a zone. But because they're so bad defensively, I really think it's you yep. see a lot of teams do this from time to time. Just mixing up a defense throughout the course of a game can actually have a good effect. You know, you can uh, confuse teams or catch them out of sync, you know, catch them when they're not expecting something. The, the, the defensive ability won't necessarily be better in a zone, but I do think that the Kings could maybe try to surprise teams a little bit more coming out in the course of a middle of a game in a in a zone for brief periods of time. They're so bad at guarding the three, it's not like it really makes much difference when you're in a zone and you're giving up wide open threes anyway. Uh, but I, I do think that the Kings could maybe try to, to mix in a little bit of that. The problem with that right now, since they've got so many new players, we see all the miscommunications on defense all the time. When you play a zone, you're – Communication is still incredibly important, and it, practice time really yeah. goes a long way into playing a solid 2-3 zone defense. So uh, I, I do think that they could use it a little bit more, though. It, it would just take them time and, and practice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thanks, Christian. We always got to have the Kings gear on. I hope you saw I posted a video just a couple days ago showing off my Sacramento Kings collection I also, if you watch to the end, I have some awesome auto, uh, autograph stuff from uh, multiple NBA teams. So if you love the Kings, if you love Kings gear and awesome jerseys and stuff, go check out that video. Yeah. It's, Vinny it's, did a fantastic job editing that. It's it's a very, very good looking video. The yeah. Nice music the whole time. And Barry's got a pretty nice collection too. So It's a good vibe. It's a really good vibe. What's up, King Kings? Good to see you there. Uh, I see someone says, how our franchise player do tonight? Which one is he talking about? Well, I'm guessing it's Fox because everybody <laughs> everybody is really down on, on De'Aaron Fox right now. It's kind of, I feel like we've been here before, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I really wasn't that disappointed with De'Aaron Fox tonight. I mean, he ends up with 20 points. Do, I, do we want him to have 30? Yeah, I mean, we, we want him to be up around the 25, 26-point-a-game mark. But, again, yeah. he shot 50% from the field. The turnovers were bad. I didn't see him play as hard defensively tonight as I saw from him the first couple games after this trade deadline. But, 
again, for me, it, De'Aaron Fox isn't the reason the Kings lost this game. He, he's not. It's it's turnovers and it's bad defense. That's what lost this game for them, and that's not on any one person. That's on the whole yeah. team. Yeah, I don't think it's okay to say bad Fox is back because, as Calvin yeah. said, he did shoot 50% from the field, which is great on 18 shots. But he has to get to the line more. He just has to figure it out. Only yeah. two free throw attempts tonight. Same with Sabonis. Yeah, I agree. Sabonis, Fox, they need to figure out how to get to the line, whatever it takes. If you try one thing and it doesn't work, try something else. Or just keep doing it. Keep mm -hmm. trying it. I, I got to see that aggressiveness. I do have to say, though, there was a point in this game that Fox missed a layup. Sabonis was right there. Grabbed the rebound. Put it back. Oh, that was one and of the then, best sequences of the whole game. And Sabonis then did you started see, that possession with a steal, yep. gives it to De'Aaron. He leads the yep. break, misses the layup. Sabonis is right there for a putback and one. Did you see the smile on De'Aaron Fox's yeah. face after that? Yeah, because he's never played with a guy like this before. He's like, wow, I missed it, and somebody's got yeah. my back. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing I will also say, uh, Matt George actually had a tweet, I think somewhere in the third quarter, of the game, and I think there's it was a really good point. He said basically, Sabonis is is not the type of player that the Kings they they need him to play like this to to do well. But he's not the type of guy that you ask to take over a game, you know, late in a close game. De'Aaron Fox has to be that guy. Yep, and that we did not see from De'Aaron tonight. Rashawn Holmes is out. Sore back, you said, Cal. That's what he is listed on the injury report with. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I, just the whole Rashawn Holmes situation is is really sad. Uh, I encourage you guys again to check out our podcast we had today with Matt George where we talk a little bit about Rashawn Holmes. Um, we also did one with Brendan Nunez a couple days ago, talked a little bit about Rashawn Holmes. Everybody seems to think that the Kings are ready to move on from him. Um, in the off season, we're going to save that stuff for the next section of the show. Once we wrap up the whole nightcap here, we will dive into a bunch of interesting subjects. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about, um, you know, some of these players and where they fit. We're also going to talk a little bit about LeBron and Bronny James, and we're going to talk about this deer and Fox NFT rug pull or whatever happened there. But before we get there, I want to finish up this, uh, this nightcap. So before we do that, Calvin, let's take a look at your keys to this game. So key number one was rebound in all caps, and the Kings actually did a pretty good job of that. I mean, 39-34, Denver plus five rebounding overall, but just three offensive rebounds uh, for the Nuggets, and that is just all a product of having a guy like Sabonis on your team. I mean, he's one of the only guys in the league, I think, that can single-handedly box out Nikola Jokic. Number two was Fox and Sabonis pick and roll game against uh, the Joker. I didn't see enough of this tonight. Uh, on Saturday's game in Denver, I really want to see De'Aaron. Early on, these guys try to run. They did run a two-man game, but I want to see them run the two-man game against the Joker like Chris Paul runs it. Mm -hmm. And that guy gets open shot at the free throw line after open shot after open shot all night long when yep. they play the Nuggets because he knows that Jokic just isn't going to guard him when he comes off that pick and roll. He's going to have that shot all day long. 
And that is De'Aaron Fox's wheelhouse shot, right? Yep. Like the free throw line extended, mid-range jumper. He's shooting almost 50% for the year on those shots. I'd like to see them use that a lot more um, because you can also then, of course, play with Sabonis off of that if once again, once De'Aaron Fox hits a couple of those free throw line shots, maybe you get somebody coming in or they, they sag in defensively. Mm -hmm. um, you either kick it out to guys like HB for three or you have Sabonis roll into the basket. So I need to see more of that. And then number three was Barry's key to the game, which the Kings did not achieve tonight, and that is score more points than the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, you're, you're not going to win a lot of games when you don't do that. That's true. The Kings are undefeated this season when they score more <laughs> points than their opponent. Hi, Nikki. Good to see you. Um, and Gothin, thank you for joining us. If you're going to sleep, that's totally cool, man. We will uh, try and talk in a very mellow voice. Uh, maybe we'll play some rain music or something, you know, <laughs> to help you fall asleep. But thank you for joining us. We always appreciate you guys. All right. We need to move on from him into a good team can't afford a $10 million a year player that doesn't fit its playing style. Are we talking about Rashawn Holmes here? I'm not really quite sure. I think we should touch a little bit on Harrison Barnes, Calvin. Um, you and I were big fans of Harrison Barnes. I mean, we've been big fans. We're still big fans of his. But early on in the season, we were like, the Kings are playing this well because of Harrison Barnes. He seems to have dropped off a cliff. I know he's had a couple good games in the past few weeks, but just like overall, he's not the same guy that he was early on in the season, at least offensively. And that makes it really tough. You know, we've praised how consistent of a guy Harrison Barnes is, right? But it just doesn't seem to show up on the scoreboard. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that completely. He's not the same guy as we saw early in the season because he's not shooting 50% from three. Yeah. But as far as scoring goes, you know, I go back to uh, I, I saw a stat on Twitter earlier this year, not that long ago actually, that said out of every game Harrison Barnes has played with the Sacramento Kings, nearly 50% of them he scored in between 10 and 19 points. That – I mean, that's that's what he's going to give you. Like, obviously, the Kings are a much better team when he comes out and scores 25 or 30. Yeah. They're much more difficult to beat. But he is really consistent. Like, that's all he ever does. Um, and when we had Matt George on our podcast this morning, we were talking about Harrison Barnes. I really think that he is such a vital part of a good team. The problem is the Kings are not a good team. Yeah. So – if they can find a way this offseason to get another really, really uh, momentum-changing piece added to this team, whether it's through their the draft pick or somehow trading for another player, and they're able to keep Harrison Barnes, you're going to see just how valuable he is because he is a perfect complementary role player on a contending team or, or a playoff team. Again, the problem is the Kings are just not that type of team right now so yeah. when he has lower output offensive scoring games we're all like Harrison Barnes is overpaid Harrison we need to see more from Harrison Barnes all this stuff blah 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 that's actually not the case like I, I think he lives up to his contract very much so uh, he's a very very important player because of how many different ways he can 
affect a game defensively versatility rebounding he's a really underrated rebounder a a solid shooter solid scorer uh, can get to the basket get to the free throw line the problem is the team just isn't good enough as a whole all around him for you to really see uh he is who he is is what i'm trying to say like yeah he's the third best player on this team right right he's not an all-star yeah but he is a very very talented player that can help a winning team He's the third best player on the Kings. You agree? Oh, yeah. I would say so. What does a playoff team need out of their third best player? Well, in today's NBA, you know, you you almost need three stars in order to win now. I, I mean, teams can do it with two. Mm-hmm. We'll see how Philadelphia looks with James Harden and Joel Embiid. But if you think about the dominant teams, you know, of the past 10 years or so, they had three all-stars uh, on their teams. I mean, Cleveland, Golden State, all these teams have – Miami. Those maybe aren't the most fair comparisons. I get it. But your third best player has got to be a, on a team that has a chance to win in the NBA has got to be a really, really good player. And Harrison Barnes is a really good player. But, again, he's not maybe an all-star level player. He was the fourth best player on a championship team. He was. And but, that was very early on in his career. And that's he's with, a better player now than he was then. That's with multiple Hall of Famers. But the team he played well. on was also yes. much, much, much better. Yeah, I agree with Ivan here. I, I think HB needs to average 15, 16 to 20. I would love for him to average, you know, 18 to 22 points a night. I think he can. I just think that he needs the ball a little bit more, and it's tough adding a guy like Sabonis who doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, but they give him the ball a lot. They like to run the offense through him because he's such a good passer. And HB is, uh, for me, he needs the ball to score. He doesn't need it, but he seems to be more aggressive and play a little bit better when he has the ball in his hands. Since the Kings have traded for Sabonis, we've seen Harrison Barnes score a a good amount. I mean, I, I would have to actually go back and look at all the games, but his 14 points tonight, I feel like, is one of, if not the lowest scoring outputs he's had since this trade happened. <laughs> Charlie wants to talk about <laughs> NFTs here. Charlie, we're going to get there soon, man. We will get there. All right, Calvin, anything else you want to talk about in this game before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, you know, overall, I think everybody is disappointed um, it, it's tough to have the week off. And, and again, we're still maybe like hang, hanging on a little bit to that high of the, the trade and seeing the new look Kings and all this stuff. And we're expecting better, but again, we've got to all remember, you know, that this team, they've, they've fixed some of their problems, but they they still have a long way to go. So it's going to be an interesting 21 games here to see how the, the team finishes the season. Yeah, it will. To sum it all up, Kings lose tonight 128-110 to the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets controlled this entire game. They were up by 22 at one point. Huge game by DeMontis Sabonis, 33 points, 14 rebounds. I love what I saw out of him. I love what I saw out of Davion Mitchell on the defensive end of the floor. He was actually able to take some charges tonight, but it wasn't enough. Kings fall to the Nuggets, but hey, the Blazers lost to the Warriors tonight as well. So uh, I guess I'll take that wherever I can. <laughs> but guys, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Kings with Around the Crown. 
Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the royal family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And if you're a Kings fan, you might as well hit that like button. I see some people here still talking about Rashawn Holmes. Unfortunately, Rashawn missed the game tonight due to uh, lower back soreness or some kind of That's back soreness. Calling. Or uh, feeling soreness. I don't know. But prayers out to Rashawn. We'd love to see you back on the court soon. So, Calvin, I saw Baron Davis on the bench tonight for the Kings. Did you see that? I did not see that, actually. Is that weird? He wasn't really looking that hard at the bench. but He was, like, sitting right where we were sitting, basically, in the last game we were at. Oh, well. It was kind of weird. That's weird. I'm like, Anybody- why is... You and I sat there. Anybody can sit there. Yeah, but why is Baron Davis <laughs> at a Kings game? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I mean, Meta World Peace was also there. Like, I, maybe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. their friends I, you know i have no idea <laughs> fox is, is the, the tinder swindler <laughs> oh good. man if you guys haven't seen that movie it is wild <laughs> it is wild I, and the guy says that he i don't know the guy's crazy okay so first thing of business calvin it is our first live since all-star weekend i want to hear your favorite parts of all-star of weekend? all-star weekend <laughs> well I didn't watch any of it. I'll be totally honest with you. Part of that is because I was working. Um, and it's funny you say that because we had, like we said earlier, we had Matt George on the show earlier today. And uh, I asked him that exact question. I was like, what was your favorite part of All-Star Weekend? And he goes, I didn't watch any of it. It's hard, man. I, I have a love-hate relationship with the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend. I grew up such a huge fan of it i loved to watch the all-star game i really loved to watch the dunk contest i was always enamored with that this may have been the worst dunk contest of all time i'm glad i didn't watch it there it's definitely definitely up there uh and i I feel for the guys because like first of all the reason the dunk contest is bad usually is because we don't see the people we want to see in it right like that's the biggest problem with it is that it used to be such a a privilege and an honor and like a almost like a rite of passage 
for you to be one of the better players in the game and be in the dunk contest, right? I mean, Jordan and Vince Carter and Kobe and all these guys, they really made it that kind of thing. But nowadays, you get people like Anthony Edwards, who would be probably, you know, one of the better people we could see in it saying, I'm an in-game dunker. I don't really care about all those tricks and spins in the air and (laughs) bullshit like that and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do it. So that's it's just disappointing. And then the All-Star game itself, um, you know, anytime Steph Curry has a game like that, it's always cool to watch. But like Matt George said today, I, I can see that all in the highlight, I the watched, two yeah. minute highlight of the All Star <laughs> game, and not have to suffer through the rest of the game. So, oh, that's funny. What's up, Matt? Good to see you there. Um, yeah, so I basically watched highlights of the All Star game and the very end of the All Star game. I saw LeBron and, and yeah. the turnaround and all that stuff, which is very similar to the turnaround we saw him hit in Staples Center against the Kings. What yes. was that in December of 2019? A long time ago, or at least it feels like. Feels like it. Um, But hey, celebrity All Star game. We got to see a Sacramento King out there, Nani. (laughs) And hey, I have to say, Calvin, Sacramento King. Yeah, she had four points, I think, in that game. Oh yeah, I think over under. I think we were betting on two two, there. Yeah. (laughs) However, I was wrong. I thought she was gonna hit three. Did not hit a three in the game. Did not. But Jack Harlow, I saw. I saw Jack Harlow hit hit a nice three in that game. The celebrity game was all about Miles Garrett. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Miles Garrett was first of all the fact that they allow somebody like that to play against these guys, you know, is such a joke. I, know. I mean, the dude is like a gladiator out there against. You got like the machine mayor. gun Kelly, yeah, you know? and you got the mayor and like stuff like this. <laughs> it's so funny, but it was. It's always cool to see guys doing windmill dunks and stuff in a game like that. He was definitely he stole the show in my opinion, even though he wasn't uh, MVP. Yeah. And any of you NFT guys out there, not MVP, but NFT guys that are out there, the Sacramento Kings are releasing uh, a one-of-one Kings NFT on Sunday through um, NBA Top Shots. I think the minimum bid is like $10,000 or something. It is at least right now on the Clippers Pass. If you win the NFT, you get a VIP all-star experience for the next five years or something, which is wild. And it goes live on Sunday, so... If it's in my price range, I might make a bet. The next two All Star games are in Salt Lake City and Indianapolis. <laughs> not, not the greatest destination places, but whatever. Oh man, that's so funny. All right, so we had a couple interviews this week. One with Brendan Nunez, one with Matt George. Make sure you guys check both of those out. They are on the channel here. Uh, both are a little over an hour long. We basically tried to ask the experts because you know Calvin and I, we're not experts. We're fans like you. And we have a lot of questions. So we just tried to bombard these experts with all of our questions. So if you guys have more questions or you want some answers or you want to just have more questions, <laughs> go ahead and watch those interviews because they are pretty awesome. We also did a collection, uh, a King's collection video. Uh, you can see we got all the jerseys laid out here on the table. We go through the hats, uh, the jackets. We go through all the autograph memorabilia. So that video is also posted. I would love it if you guys would check it out. I know you'll love it. As Calvin said, it's a great vibe. It's got great music, and Vinny did an awesome job editing that. And Another we, shout out to Vinny. Happy birthday. Yes, and we are also releasing a studio tour video. Uh, we're just finishing up production on that. It should be out in the next few days. So make sure you guys keep your eyes out for that. Vinny gives a pretty awesome tour of our whole studio here. He breaks down all the equipment we use. And uh, it's really cool. So make sure you guys check it 
out. Yes, we, we always get great comments on the production value of this show, and that is 100% uh, a product of Vinny's work here, and he gives a great inside, behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to, to make the, uh, the Royal Rebounds podcast and the Royal Report look the way it does. Yes, and he does a wonderful job. All right, Calvin, I want to take a look here at the standings. We're going to do a little playoff play-in coverage here. So. <laughs> Sounds so silly to, to even talk about this. This team <laughs> is, what, 17 games under 500? Playoff alert here. Playoff alert. The Kings are just three spots back from the 10th spot at a chance <laughs> to the play-in to win two games to make it to the playoffs. That is correct. So you're Portland saying did lose tonight. <laughs> so there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance, Calvin. <laughs> there is a chance. It's pretty bunched up here. As you can see, San Antonio and New Orleans are both uh, just one win ahead of Sacramento. The Kings play both of those teams in this next week of basketball. Portland did lose tonight. They are three wins ahead of Sacramento at 25. Uh, they did some trading, but they have some young guys that are really stepping up for them. I know Afrini Simons is playing out of his mind. Played that way all year. He's really, really come on. I saw a picture today, or it was like a meme of the Blazers, and it was like how it started versus how it go, how's it going. And it has Damian Lillard on the ground, and he's being helped up by like C.J. McCollum, uh, Robert Covington, and like a couple of the, these other guys. And then it goes, how's it going? And it has every single one of them in the picture in another jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. So Portland is the wild card. They're playing well. Yes, they are a few wins ahead of Sacramento at this point. But it, it doesn't look like they're really trying to make a push for this. Uh, did they say that Portland was like the longest playoff streak in the Western Conference right now? Eight years in a row. Yeah, that's wild. All right, well, let's take a look here at the next upcoming games for Sacramento. I know this is not healthy as a player to look at these games and say, oh, that's a win there. Oh, that's a win there. So instead, Calvin, I want to go through these, and I want you to say a possible win there. <laughs> They're all possible <laughs> wins. I mean, look, this, uh, this week for the Kings, it's probably in my – opinion the biggest week of the season for them because first of all the teams that they're playing they play new orleans and san antonio this week those are two of the three teams that they're going to be fighting for that last play-in spot with very so important if, games if, if you're going to make the play-in tournament you've got to have a winning record this week you absolutely have to and whether the kings should make the play-in tournament or try to make the playoffs or whether they should you know try to lose games for a better draft pick that's a whole nother discussion but just from a a playing standpoint like you play to win the game standpoint if you're going to make the playing tournament this week is huge for sacramento it is it is so let's take a look here saturday the kings are playing the denver nuggets in denver uh, they didn't get any home cooking tonight they're going to try again on saturday in a new place new location maybe there will be a different outcome I'm not feeling so positive about this game, Calvin. I'm not feeling positive about it either. So I'm going to I'm just going to move right on past that one. <laughs> and I'm going to say next uh, winnable or possibly winnable game would be Monday, the 28th at Oklahoma City. I know some of you guys are probably looking at this and you're like tickets as low as two dollars. That's right. They're not cheap only in Sacramento, but in Oklahoma City, two dollars will get you to a game, which is 
That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. So I, I think the Kings have a good chance in this game. Yeah, they should. They they should. Uh, it's a possible winnable game, <laughs> I think, is what you're get, trying to get me to say. It, you know, the last time they played Oklahoma City, though, no um, no Lou Dort in that game, yep. no SGA in that game. Yep. So it, it will be a different game, but yeah. Then moving on here, we have New Orleans. As we mentioned, that is – you know, pretty much uh, a must-win game. You're battling for playoff position. Yep. Uh, if you guys watch the Royal Report, we're releasing another episode tomorrow. Uh, we're going to break down Kings, Thunder, uh, Pelicans, Blazers, which is most likely, uh, you know, to make it into this last spot. So make sure you guys stay tuned, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. But I'm going to say those two games are, are winnable for Sacramento. Uh, then you move on to San Antonio. I think it's also a winnable game. winnable game. I think yeah, it's yeah. a must-win game, but just looking at that compared to, you know, Dallas or or Denver, I'm a lot more positive about that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to to when I'm talking about the Kings to look <laughs> at the upcoming schedule and say these are winnable games. I mean, even if they are, you know, it, this is just this team has had its issues against both the good and the bad teams of this league. So it's a, which team is going to show up, but really, you know, it's how they play defensively. Um, that, that determines whether or not the Kings win games. It's, it's how many stops can they get? Yep. I'm not feeling good about Dallas. I'm not feeling good about New York. Then you got Denver, then Utah, then Chicago, then Milwaukee. <laughs> Yeah, it's Boston. It's not, not a difficult Phoenix. or not an easy schedule at all. That is a very tough stretch of games. Yeah. And, and Calvin, you and I might actually be going to that Friday game against the Boston Celtics in Sacramento on the 18th. I know we're going to be in Vegas for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, yep. If you guys want to come to Vegas and have a fun time, drink some green beers, you should definitely come meet us. We'll be there. Um, there. But otherwise, we might be at that game on, sorry, the six, or no, the 18th against Boston in Sacramento. So hopefully we'll see you guys there. Then you go on to Indiana. I think that's a winnable game at this point. Uh, I think that's going to be a very interesting game, right? We're going to see <laughs> yes, obviously. Tyrese probably go for 20 and 20. I know Sabonis is probably going to be playing pretty hard in that game as well. Uh, I think Orlando is a winnable game. Not very positive about Miami. Then you got two games pretty much back-to-back against Houston, which, you know, the Kings have played horrible against them this year, and they played good against them this year. Depends on what Kings team really shows up. And then your last four, Golden State, New Orleans. uh, Then you have L.A. Clippers and Phoenix. So out of these 21 remaining games, Calvin, I'm circling nine of them as potential wins. Yeah, the Kings are going to have to play their best basketball of the season in order for them to uh, a record that's going to be a postseason team. Sorry, technical difficulties here. <laughs> sorry, guys, hit the wrong button. All right, sorry, keep going. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, this team's been bad all year long. So it, for them to actually make a push, not just at the play-in tournament, uh, but the playoffs beyond that, they're going to have to to make a huge, huge turnaround here. It's it's not going to be easy <laughs> at all. 
So if you'd be looking, you know, at the at the standings here at the end of the season, how many wins do you think it's going to take to make it into this play-in? Oh man! Uh... Right now, Portland's there, twenty-five wins. I feel like it's going to be thirty. It's, it's not going to be much. Thirty-two. It, yeah, overall. So that's so that's right there around there. Ten to yeah. twelve wins you're going to need for Sacramento. Yeah, which is a lot to ask. It's yeah. a lot to ask of this team. Yeah, they basically need to go 500 down the stretch here. Yeah. And even then, they don't have, you know, a sure fire shot of making it in. And then you still got to win two games right. if you are the 10th seed. But, you know, we want to be positive here. We want to look on the bright side. The Kings could potentially face the Lakers in the play-in and could potentially eliminate the Lakers. That would be a dream come true yeah, for me, we, Calvin. The, that would probably be, uh, I think, about as good a way to end the season as possible for Sacramento because <laughs> they're not winning the NBA championship. So, Yeah, I don't think they are. All right, well, we can move along here. I know you guys are tired of talking about the playoffs. We just had to show you what the picture looks like. Uh, you know, Take from that whatever you want. If you think the Kings are going to make the playoffs, you know, I, I root for you. If you think, think the Kings are not going to make the playoffs, I, I understand that too. So, you know, Calvin, let's take a look um, here ahead at the draft. One of my favorite websites here, Tankathon. It's, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever used this website before, but I highly recommend it, especially if you're a Kings fan and you're used to losing and you're always looking ahead at the draft. There's a bunch of options here, but you can click on mock draft. You can sim the draft lottery. Hey, we just won the number one overall pick, Calvin, and we are taking Jabari Smith, apparently. Um, so, you know, I just want to take a look here. Where do you think the Kings are going to land here? And, you know, they could go down seven, eight, all the way up as high as one. What kind of guys, guys are you targeting here? Well, I'm targeting three and D wings or uh you know, if I had a, an opportunity to draft a Jabari Smith, who could be a really great stretch for uh, with high defensive ceiling potential, obviously that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's it's a three and D wing. And, and I think they're in the top 10. There are a few of those guys that you could potentially get. Uh, Jaden Ivey is, is somebody that I, I'm really high on as well not as good of a three-point shooter right now but a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal defender i think he's got a really really high ceiling i've seen aj griffin's name mentioned a lot keegan murray is another guy from iowa i, I think there are a few players that that probably fit what the kings are looking for but the the biggest question to me is do the kings actually keep this pick yeah i mean we talked about it a little bit on our our show earlier today but yep. Can they leverage whatever pick they end up with by or turn that into a player that is already made and more ready to win than a first-round draft pick? I got an interesting question for you, Calvin. Let's say the Kings win the draft lottery. Maybe it's not number one, but maybe two or three. And maybe a guy like Jalen Brown becomes available or a guy like Bradley Beal becomes available. Are you offering Deer and Fox in that pick for one of those guys? Wow. That that would be that would be a lot to think about. Um you are 
you're really mortgaging a, a lot on the fact on Damian Mitchell's shoulders then, you know, because he's probably going to be the point guard for this team. They don't really yep. have another point guard other yep. than him right now. And the reason I say this is nothing against Deer and Fox. You know, we've talked about moving every single player on this roster this yeah. season, yeah. but it, it's the fact that, that it, it seems like this team is finally starting to become Monty's team, right? Unfortunately, he traded away his draft pick from last season in Halliburton, and that's to bring in a star. But he's pretty much hand-created this team other than De'Aaron Fox. So I feel like if, if he has potential to get better, he, he doesn't look at these guys as untradeable, right? Like, that's pretty clear. We heard yeah. Fox being shopped. We saw Halliburton traded. He's going to do whatever it takes to improve this team. We know they're analytic guys. Uh, maybe an analytic guy wouldn't be a big fan of of a guy that's a freak athlete like Deer and Fox and depends a lot on his speed and his athleticism. Yeah. Um, but it'd be pretty interesting. Everyone's talking about adding a third piece to these two guys, and and I think that's what needs to happen. I would love it. But if there's a chance to upgrade Deer and Fox, and maybe uh, Davion Mitchell could be that point guard of the future. He definitely does it on the on the defensive end of the floor, and he's had some great offensive performances this season. But uh, I think they could potentially move Fox in a pick for an upgrade. If I have a chance to get a player like Bradley Beal or Jalen Brown, I'm definitely listening no matter what is involved, and that includes Darren Fox. Let us know how you guys feel in the chat. I mean, I, I know everyone's down on Deer and Fox right now, and I don't, I don't mean to like push even deeper on that. But uh, I want to, I want to hear from you guys. As as we say, everybody deserves a voice. Every Kings fan gets a voice on this channel. So let us know in the chat how you feel about making a move like that. All right. So we are talking about the draft. We're talking about lottery and all that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about LeBron James here, Calvin, because news came out over All-Star Weekend that LeBron apparently is willing to sign with any team in the NBA to play his last season with his son, Bronny James. Bronny is currently a junior in high school. I think that makes him eligible for the NBA in about two years unless they change the one-and-done college rule which I, I know LeBron has been advocating for for years, but I don't know if that will happen. I want to hear your thoughts on this. You want a culture changer in Sacramento. LeBron could be your guy. <laughs> Are you signing uh, potentially? What, what's he going to be at that? 40-year-old LeBron James? 40-year-old LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. Turning 40. So how uh, do you feel about I this? signing him? Uh, man. I think that I'm I'm really not sure. I mean, I think it just depends on where your your team is overall. Like and how much is it going to cost to sign him too? I mean, he he's already said money, it's not about the money at that point, it's about playing with his son, all that stuff, blah blah blah. Uh if the Kings are as in the same position that they are right now, I'm not I don't want to go out on a limb and say that LeBron is, is going to be done at that point, but 40 years old, man, I mean, how much more can he really do at that point? So that that's tough. And then the other question is, you know, how good do you think that LeBron or Bronny will be like, and this is another thing, right? Is 
you know, we're 2K guys. So we've been drafting Bronny James yeah. for years in 2K in the first round. Right now, he's projected to be a second-round pick in this draft. Yeah. If you could throw a second-round pick out there and bring LeBron James and potentially a guy that he could mentor in Bronny, I say go for it. If the Kings are already a playoff team before that, then I think it makes sense to get somebody like LeBron because then maybe he could reach out to other people in the league and say, hey, come play with me and my son. You know, sign. When you have a, a star like LeBron James, that's when you get the players like Malik Monk that sign for under $2 million and, and yep. go berserk, right? Because everybody wants to play with on a good team and, and with the best player in the league. LeBron honestly. also so. said that money at that point doesn't matter. So I would assume that that's going right. to mean he's exactly. on a minimum deal. Exactly. Well, well, I don't maybe a I don't mid level know if LeBron James will ever be on a minimum. Maybe deal, a mid-level but, exception, something like that. Yeah. No, you're you're right. I mean, it's it's definitely uh I think you could obviously get him for cheap. And uh, you know, people are are in here talking about Bronny and that's really to me like that's the question mark here. You know, you're you're taking a big gamble. You're going to sell a ton of tickets. If you have Bronny and LeBron on your team, he can but are shoot. you going to be a good team? He can shoot. I think LeBron James Jr. has a, a bunch of upside. You know, I mean, even if he does end up as a second round pick, we've seen second round picks be pros in this league. We're seeing one do it right now in, uh, well, Joke or uh, Jokic is already an yep. MVP, the only second round pick to ever win MVP. But Ayo um, Desumo. A guy who was the 38th overall pick for the Bulls this year, this past draft, uh, not wasn't really expected to play a huge role right away, especially after they brought in guys like DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Then all of them get hurt at different points throughout the year. He's been a starter. He's played point guard for them, and he's he's played really, really well. So you, you can definitely have uh, guys make impacts like that right away. And, you know, Bronny, he's got another year in high school to develop, or another two years, I guess, if they don't change that one-and-done rule. So he's still got a lot of chance to get better. But to me, you don't draft uh, you don't draft LeBron James Jr. to get LeBron James and think that those two guys alone are going to change your franchise. A 40-year-old yep. LeBron James and his son are going to turn things around for you. It's, it's about how... Uh, it's about how the rest of the team is and, and how competitive you are before you get those guys. It's funny, you know, like looking back, I never thought that I would see Vince Carter in a Sacramento Kings jersey, right? Like one of my favorite players of all yeah. time. And he ends up on the Kings and he's like, what, 40? He's like the oldest player in the league. And then I think he plays, what, one or two seasons with Atlanta afterwards. I didn't do it, but part of me was like, I got to buy a Kings jersey that says Vince Carter on it. I really do. Uh, I think it could be a same or a very similar situation with LeBron James. Um, I love it from a personal standpoint that the guy's like even able to potentially play on the oh, same team story. Sure. as his son. It reminds me of, you know, the, the Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. thing uh, in baseball. But guys play a lot longer in baseball than they do in the NBA. Um, but it's a second-round pick. I mean, second-round picks, to me, if, if Bronny makes it the first round, I'm happy for him. I mean, there's no guarantee I, I'm gonna it's think, a second-round I'm going to think yeah, about that a little yeah. bit different. 
But if it's a second round pick, I don't care. I'm gonna do it. I, I'm I will straight up draft him with any second round pick. Second round picks to me are where you take your gambles, right? It's it's the high risk, high reward. And there's really not a lot of risk if it's in the second round. We've seen some of these guys go in the second round, Isaiah Thomas, uh, the Joker. Um, we've seen many players become, good become players great players in the second the round. round. Yeah. So if that's all it takes to make it happen, I'm doing it. Well, there will be a lot of teams, I guarantee you, that are that have that thought process. Yep. All right, Calvin, I think it's time. Let's talk about... Time to pull the rug out from under people? The De'Aaron Fox NFT. I don't know how many of you are into NFTs at this point, but this is OpenSea. It's uh, one of the top NFT, if not, it's probably the top NFT marketplace uh, for Ethereum. This is the Swipa, the Fox NFT. You can take a look here at the activity. Kind of just slowly died here. It's currently selling at... 0.008 ETH is the floor price. I've seen a few of them sell today for $7 or so. And I saw this article talking about how Deer and Fox apparently scammed people and stole $1.6 million. Not something you want to wake up to, seeing your franchise players stealing from people. Yeah. I really don't think that that's what happened here. Um, you know, I, I don't think he intentionally did this on purpose. I saw some uh, quotes or, or some posts from him today saying that he started the project at a really bad time. He tried to offload the responsibilities onto some professionals who uh, apparently he was not happy with the performance of it. They all quit. He's a professional basketball player. He doesn't have time to be building an NFT project. So he said he's putting it on hold until the end of the season, and then he's going to revisit it. I really don't know what that means. Uh, maybe he's going to be hiring a new team. Maybe he's going to be sending out autographed jerseys to people. Um, but it is an unfortunate event. And, you know, you read here, it, it just says that it's a, a high-utility NFT collection. So that obviously means that they're promising some things. I, I don't know what exactly they're promising, but it's unfortunate to see this. And, and Deer and Fox definitely needs to needs to make this right. Yeah, yeah. I think he could have been a little bit more proactive about um, the type of response he had to this. You mentioned signed jerseys or or something. You know, he could have definitely given all the people that bought his nft maybe uh you know a little bit of a consolation prize there's just unfortunately a lot of a lot about this story that we don't know and we're not gonna know for a long time now if if it's gonna be till the end of the season before he even revisits what this project looks like so you know it's hard it it certainly doesn't look good um when you know, kind of like when your best player is sitting out with a sore ankle when the team sucks right before the trade deadline. That doesn't look good. Neither does raking in nearly $2 million on an NFT project that basically is just uh, sitting in purgatory right now. Yep. But like you mentioned, he said, you know, he 
put his trust in some people to make this happen and they quit on him. He clearly does not have enough time for it. If that's really what happened, then I feel bad for De'Aaron Fox because he's going to take a lot of backlash from this. And, and you know, some of it is probably rightfully so. But the, my point is it's really unclear right now to tell how much of this blame really should go on De'Aaron Fox himself. Yep. You can say he should handle it a different way, like the the outcome of this, he should maybe handle a different way. And I probably agree with that. But little bit early to to maybe say that he's pulling the rug out from under people but it certainly doesn't look good it doesn't look good at all i was just checking uh you know the deployer wallet here it looks like there's about thirty three thousand dollars left in eth in that wallet so I, I really don't know what happened to the rest um but that is quite unfortunate i look at this as kind of like a fire festival situation with jaw rule where it's like you put your name on it but you weren't the guy that was actually doing everything <laughs> yeah, yeah but now you're the one that's responsible right and we saw we saw jaw take you know a huge beating on that it's very unfortunate for deer and fox i don't know why anybody is launching Because they should be focusing on, um, <laughs> they should be focusing on playing basketball, especially yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to make the playoffs yeah. and you're struggling, and there are things going on uh, on and off the court. You you need to put your uh, your mind and, and just everything you have into the basketball team. I'm only doing an NFT project if people approach me and they're... Well, and that's what it sounds like. It's According possible. to him, that's what yeah. it sounds like happened here. I mean, he, yeah. he was expecting other people to take care of this for him. He just was adding his, his name to make it more of a, a of a brand, you know? And maybe De'Aaron Fox isn't the Tinder swindler, but he got swindled himself, you know? Yeah. Matthew, I, I see you're asking, what is the project other than selling these visuals? Uh, I mean, I don't really know at this point. It, it promised high value utility, which yeah. it could mean anything. And, you know, there are, NFTs are not all scams. There are definitely a lot of scammy there NFTs, sure a lot. <laughs> but there are a lot of good NFTs that are bringing a lot of value. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw earlier in the season, Tyrese Halliburton had his Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT on his shoes that's a profile picture NFT. So it is just a picture, but it offers you um, intellectual property rights on the image, which you can sell and you can brand. It gives you access to the community. And uh, those things were selling for like $300,000 minimum crazy. just a month ago, which is, which is truly crazy. If you're interested in NFTs, go dive in because there is a big wormhole. Don't spend any of your money. Just do some learning. And uh, it, it's the future. It really is. All right, Calvin. I, I think I'm ready to move on here. And let's uh, let's dive into King's Crusade. You ready? Yes, we're ready. All right, guys. Hopefully I hit the right button again here. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look a little bit deeper into the next week of King's basketball with King's Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade 
to uh i don't know what they're doing at this point because they're definitely not trying to make it in the playoffs but next up is the denver nuggets if you're a kings fan make sure you hit that like button down below and please consider subscribing to the channel all right calvin so i see here you have uh, some different keys to this game than you did to the last game. I do have some different keys. Are so you ready for this? We are playing the Denver Nuggets on Saturday. It is an earlier game, which the Kings have not played well in. They haven't really played well in any game this season. <laughs> Very few. Um, but I want to hear your keys. So my keys to the game are purely based off of what I saw tonight. Um, you know, first game after the all-star break, uh, maybe there's, you know, people talk a lot about how, uh, it was a great opportunity for the Kings cause they were going to have practice time and all this stuff. They really didn't have that much practice time. They had two practice days. The yeah. rest of it is supposed to be to, you know, take time off, go to the all-star weekend. If you want, hang out, make an appearance, go see your family, all that other stuff. So th- there's, there wasn't really as much opportunity for them to work on things, as maybe some people think, but uh, you know, now you're in the home stretch here. So you've got to start playing better. And the number one key after watching tonight's game is going to be take care of the ball. As you said, they didn't have more turnovers than Denver in this game, but they had more costly turnovers than Denver did. In my opinion, Um, wide open passes sometimes where guys just aren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, the pass comes in too hot. It's a step late. Uh, things like that, or, or just flat out throwing the ball out of bounds. Like it, it, it's it's a combination of careless turnovers and dead ball turnovers, and all the frustrating turnovers that we've seen from this team all year long. No matter who has been the one committing the turnover, so that's number one. Number two is going to be better communication on defense. I mean, I, I can put this as a key to every game for Sacramento for hopefully not the rest of eternity, but I will if that's what it takes for them to play better defense. Yep. They just still struggle mightily to communicate properly and rotate defensively wide open threes all night long. Will Barton was the beneficiary of most of those tonight. Um, How do you handle Nikola Jokic? When to double team him? We talked about it a little bit earlier on the show. You have to double team with a purpose and a strategic purpose. You can't run at him, run directly at where he's looking uh, late in the shot clock when you're leaving a guy wide open from three. That's not a good double team. And then number three, Barry, is going to be? They got to score more points. They got to score more points than the Denver Nuggets. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. You know, I feel like these games where you play the same team back-to-back, I thought it was was beneficial for Sacramento early on in the season because I'm like, hey, you get a second look at this team. You know, you get a, a second shot at them. You can make adjustments, all that stuff. Then we saw them lose to the Rockets the horrible Houston Rockets um, in a back-to-back. But it gives Alvin Gentry another opportunity to face the same team. We talk about practice time. We talk about all the new players getting integrated into this offense. I feel like it's got to be a little bit easier. I know the Nuggets are are not the team you want to play. Of course, we'd rather play Detroit, who actually won tonight, um, or, or one of these other teams that's towards the bottom of the standings. But... It gives you another chance to work on things. Little things. It's the same team. You get to watch some film of actually the guys you're playing against in the next game. Yeah. And he can say, hey, 
This is what you did wrong here. You see Davion rotating and rotating and rotating and taking charges and rotating and rotating, and you're just standing here in the middle. That's bad. Don't do that. Communicate. Talk. Yeah. I don't know if they need to, like, hold a string in practice on defense. <laughs> and, like, I rotate. I pull you to rotate, too. Just, I mean, but, just calling out, I've got ball. Like, again, I you know, I saw way too many times tonight. Two guys end up on one guarding one player. They both turn and run directly away from them. That's one of the worst things that you can possibly do in basketball, no matter what level uh, of basketball you're playing at. So, yeah, it, just talk, 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 and uh, don't leave the ball. <laughs> yeah, That's the, the number one rule. Don't leave the ball. I, I, you know, I'm just looking again here at the team stats for the game tonight. If for me, it just comes down to to field goal percentage, really. You know, yes, you want the Kings to have less turnovers. Fifteen is not horrible considering they won the turnover battle. But they just they got they got to guard the three point line better. They and did. you know, Jokic had a good game tonight. I think that. The baby Joker had a better game than the Joker tonight. They were, but it's, they were close. But it's the other guys like Will Barton. You just can't let those guys beat you. They step up. Will Barton outplayed De'Aaron Fox tonight, and that's why Denver won. He did. Shot very well. And Will Barton, I mean, look, Will Barton's one of hundreds of players in this league that will do that to you if you leave him open all night. Yep. Yeah, I've been showing, uh, throwing in a Bagley stat here. Bagley tonight, 16 points, four rebounds, zero assists in 27 minutes. And Good they got the W, which is the most important part. But, hey, it happens. You know, you're going to see good games from Bagley. You're going to see good games from Buddy Heald. You're going to see good games uh, from Tyrese Halliburton. And you're going to see good games from Dante DiVincenzo and from DeMontis Sabonis. These are all professional basketball players, and they all have value for a reason. That's because they know how to play basketball, or at least they're specialists and they're good at something. So they're all going to have good games. And, you know, we talked about it with James Ham. You know, a good trade in the NBA helps both teams. Exactly. It makes them both better. Exactly. The, the if, goal is not – Tyrese makes an all-star team in Indiana – if Marvin Bagley made an all-star team in Detroit, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Kings lost on that trade. Yeah. You know, doing these deals, you're really not trying to screw over another team. Maybe if you're a guy like Daryl Morey or, or Danny Ainge, then maybe you are. Yeah. But for the most part, you're working together and you're trying to move pieces around uh, to make them fit better on your team in a good trade. Just like in real life, a good deal or a good business deal or anything helps both parties. It does. All right. Cadbury cream eggs are now on sale. <laughs> yeah, yes. Thanks for that. Thank yeah. you. I do love those things, though, they I will say. They are amazing. All right, Calvin. Way better than Peeps. I, don't, <laughs> I, I hope we don't have to put a, po a poll up here in this chat, but Peeps might be the worst candy that's ever been invented you know i'm a peeps eating champion right yes i did i that. ate 37 peeps in one sitting in one sitting yeah 
how much time is classified as a sitting. I don't well, know if you can be a world champion if you're, there's not a time limit on well, it. Well, I had to get up and go puke. So before I puked <laughs> in that sitting, I had 37 of them. They expand when you eat them, by the way. Oh, no. I, we do have to put up a poll here. Thanks, Mike. Peeps suck. <laughs> and no, I wasn't at courtside at the Kings game when I puked <laughs> all the peeps. That's funny. All right, Calvin. All right, peeps. I think we're signing out. Thank you guys so much for joining us on another Royal Rebounds podcast. Make sure you check out our interviews with Matt George and Brendan Nunez. Make sure you check out my King's Collection video. We will be releasing the studio video soon. Tomorrow morning, another episode of the Royal Report will be coming out. And then we'll be live post-game on Saturday after the Kings take on the Denver Nuggets. We got a lot of hot Kings content coming out quick for you guys so make sure you are ready to take it all on i want to give another shout out to mike monticello tonight i saw you wearing your royal rebounds gear i saw you pregame i saw you during the game i saw you on the jumbotron we really appreciate all the support and thank you guys so much for joining make sure you smash up that like button hit that subscribe button have a wonderful evening and in the meantime go kings Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.